What do you know? We don't all have the luxury of deciding when and where we want to care about something. Suddenly the rebellion is real for you. Some of us live it. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. You're not the only one who lost everything. Some of us just decided to do something about it. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 308, Cosplay Conventions Cassian. I am as always with your host, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Cassian Andor and Jin Erso, to my cheer at Imway, we have Carl LeClaire and Katie Horn. Oh boy, I'm so glad I get to be Cassian. <laughs> I'm so glad I get to be Jin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one with the force and the force is with me. I am one with the force and the force is with me. <laughs> Don't wait. If I get to be K2, then I can just slap Carl whenever I want. <laughs> Quiet! Oh, that's true. I should have made you K2SO. Because <laughs> I'm Katie. <gasps> Katie2SO. Ah. She's just found her new Twitter handle, yes. folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, I've been in podcasting since I was six years old. <laughs> That was funnier when I did it when we first got on Skype. Okay, call. thanks, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, everybody, guess what? We have an unofficial official Patreon sponsor of this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. <laughs> it's been a little bit, but I'm so so happy to say a big thank you to Andrew Senner, or Senner. I'm sorry if I messed up your last name. I'm sure I did. I apologize. But Andrew is the most recent member of our Patreon family, and with his generous donation, yet another Wampa has been saved from mutilation, dismemberment, and discouragement. So thank you, Andrew. <laughs> your, your donation has bought him a happiness cupcake. Um. Aww, yes, thank you, Andrew. Thank you for the Wampa cupcakes and, and the Wampa encouragement. <laughs> yes. It'll buy him a Tauntaun burger to soothe his battered soul. Ah, uh, yes, with extra pickles. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, extra pickles. Extra pickles, anyone? Mm. <laughs> extra pickle! Um, sorry. So, sorry, we're all uh, out of pickles, but I'll see you in hell! <laughs> <laughs> so oh this God. episode, it's so perfect. Um, my week has been so darn crazy, and lucky, luckily Jason and Katie have been kind enough to accommodate the crazy schedule I've had. So for the first time ever, we're actually recording on a Thursday, which is perfect because the news about the Cassian live action TV show also dropped today. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about Jason's experience at Tucson Comic Con last weekend. And we're just going to be talking about cosplaying in general because Katie's a pro, Jason's a wannabe, <laughs> and I'm a noob. So <laughs> <laughs> That is accurate. Um, um, but before we get into all of the fun topics, um, we had a really great matchup that Katie gave us at the end of last episode where we pitted the powerful, overpowered <laughs> Galen Merrick, star killer of Force Unleashed, against Ahsoka Tano of Rebels and Clone Wars. I don't know what that was. 
<laughs> I don't care what universe you're from. That's got to hurt. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, Katie, I believe you were the one to tally up the results of this mighty, mightily, um, responded to matchup. And what did the Larians have to say about this epic duel of the Vader apprentices? Ooh, yes. Uh, I am indeed the one who tallied this up and you are correct. Our Larians had a lot to say. I don't, we I haven't had a poll correct. that's responded to in forever. I'm sorry. What? Sorry. I just love when I'm correct. Oh, yes. You are correct. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but goodness gracious, uh, our final tally comes down to Starkiller at 20 and Ahsoka at 23. Ooh. It is so close, this match. Uh, the general consensus from our Larians seems to be that Galen is overpowered, as, as you mentioned, Carl. Yeah. Um, and a few people voted for Ahsoka just because they had never heard of Starkiller, which <laughs> breaks my heart a little bit. Because <laughs> I love him, it's such a it's such a great game. Like if you know, yeah. even if you don't like play video games, you don't have access to Force Unleashed. You can always just YouTube literally the the cutscenes, which would tell True. you the story. And True. it's a great story. I, I now, I've never played or done anything with Force Unleashed two. I've heard it wasn't quite as good, but I <laughs> love that first one. And again, I. I I still am tempted to go back to YouTube just to watch because right people just put all those cutscenes together to make like a mini mm-hmm. film. So even if if you don't know who Galen Merrick is, like while it is obviously now a Legends character, he, it's a great story. It might be worth watching. We get some great Leia stuff in there too, and Birth of the Rebellion, oh, yeah. which obviously now has been debunked by some of what we got in you know Rebels and Rogue One. Um, <laughs> but it's still a really fun story. Um, yeah. Oh, it out. No, I, I played all the way through the first one um, and had a blast doing it. Um, although, I'll be honest, some of the Rancor fights on Lucia, <laughs> a little freaky. Just saying. Um, although that Sarlacc that you fought Shock T over was... Yeah, that was... Oh, yeah. How about when you get to go to Bespin, everyone? Yeah. That great that city in the clouds. That's Carl's favorite. All right, really quick. I'm going to get us off topic real quick because I want your guys' take on this. And it has no. nothing to do with anything except Star Wars. So in okay. the Empire Strikes Back, when okay. Lando comes in to invite them to dinner and he says to Leia, you look absolutely beautiful. You truly belong here with us among the clouds. I always thought for the longest time that the line there is he's, he's saying, you belong with us here, Mun Clouds. Like I thought the people of Cloud City referred to themselves as Mun Clouds. What? But I, I think, is he actually just saying among the clouds? He is. I really wanted the okay. citizens of Cloud City to be known as Mun Clouds. Like, well, <laughs> I just thought it was why great. Don't we, we should just at Pablo Hidalgo and yeah. try to get it changed. Can we, can we please at least make that Wampusler canon that in Cloud City yeah. they're, they're all Mun Clouds? The Mun Clouds. Right, the Mun Clouds of Cloud City. <laughs> the Mun Cloud Amari. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Well, that was the thing because I know it's similar to Mon Calamari, but I was like, "Oh, it's Mun Clouds." <laughs> Mun Clouds. <laughs> That's like absolutely. M U N, not M O N. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Well, I was thinking. And then there's the Mune, which M U U N. That's oh, like yeah. Sand Hill and the Banking Clan. The Banking Clan <laughs> will sign your treaty. Um, good. Good. Darth Plagueis was a was a Mune. Yes. Yes. He was yeah. a the Mune are good people, Padme. They're just a few, corrupt few. That's what what's his face says? Rush Clovis. Rush Clovis. Oh yeah. And Anakin's yeah, all like, Clovis. I'll rush up on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> have we responded to the poll? I don't we think haven't. No, we haven't. I w- do you think 
oh, this is this we match is so close. I feel like we could tie it up. Yeah, but, yeah. But let's see who wants to go first. I'm, Carl. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. Right. So I'm going to give the victory right. to Ahsoka. Um, uh. <laughs> I, I mean, I love Galen Merrick, and, and I certainly you know agree that. He's overpowered in some ways, but again, it's for a video game, right? Like all Star Wars video games, you have characters doing things that even in the Clark, like the cartoon series, right? Remember the Tarakoski series where you have yes. like Yoda and Mace, like force pushing like a hundred battle droids at once. Like, yeah, we don't see that ever in the film. So, you know, you always have to be conscious of the media, right? The medium through which the story is being told. So mm-hmm. even if we like take out the kind of those big, you know, bombastic things that um, Starkiller does in the game. I just think that Ahsoka, because of the fact that she grew up in the Clone War, um, it just gives her a certain prowess for fighting. Um, I think she, I don't know, I just feel like she always can find a way to win. Um, Like, even in Rebels, she doesn't die. Like, she finds a way to survive. So I feel like she's just got this, like, survivor spirit plus, like, incredibly gifted skill with lightsabers that I think she would best scale. And I think it'd be a close fight to be fair. I do think he would give her a really hard go of things, but I think, um, but I also don't think she could bring herself to kill him. Mm-hmm. I think she would mm-hmm. defeat him, but leave him broken. So I don't think she'd finish him off. Mm. That's the difference. Mm. So that's what I think anyway. Um, this is a close one because they are both very talented when it comes to the saber. They are both strong in the force. Um, and I'm, I'm slightly ratcheting, in my own estimation, I'm slightly ratcheting Galen down um, a little bit to bring him closer to, you know, TV show level force powers um, because it is video game powers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's a little it's it's exaggerated. Um, but even if you ratchet him down, he still does quite a bit of impressive things. However, he's more raw power, unharnessed force use there is not a lot of control when it comes to galen to galen merrick i almost said galen urso i know um, that's what I keep, <laughs> every time we say galen i'm like urso no right. is he wearing a uh, armor shirt for the beginning of the movie yeah to star killer um there and i think that lack of control will end up being his undoing mm. um i think ahsoka has had enough training and has the patience to exploit, you know, his raw emotional state and to take advantage when he loses control. Um, she's craftier when it comes to, to fighting styles than Galen is. And Starkiller is much more of a blunt object, just crashing through things. <laughs> uh, and, and I think, I think she has the the skill to keep ahead of all of that and take advantage when he oversteps and loses control. So I'm going to give it to Ahsoka. Nice. Well, dang, yeah. It's still pretty close, but that shuts it out for Ahsoka. She wins despite me voting for Starkiller. Wow. (laughs) I would. I would. (laughs) I mean, he's a a dark side dude with uh, Sam Witwer's voice and face, so... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what else do you need? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I feel like if you when you go back and you watch those YouTube videos, if uh, if you know you maybe you just want to revisit the game or maybe you haven't seen the game at all, um, going back and, and looking at that performance, you can hear so much of what would become Maul in inside Sam Witwer's performance. Oh yeah, no that that role got that role got him Maul. Mm-hmm. Oh definitely. Uh, I mean, there's some key he also, differences. He also yeah. voiced Palpatine in those games. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Sam Whitworth, he's a talented dude. He's Come on the show, good. Sam. Sam, this is our <laughs> standing open if, invitation. <laughs> if Sam Whitworth came on the show. I would not survive. Katie would die. <laughs> no. <laughs> Katie would absolutely die over uh. there. Um, uh. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, I was doing kind of the same things you guys were doing where I was like, okay, try not to think of, of Starkiller as the video game character because literally no one could defeat video game Starkiller. The things he does are just crazy. Blowing like there's a Star Destroyer out of the sky. Yeah, or, like, that time he, like, screamed and then, like, a hundred stormtroopers blew up or clone trooper. You know what I mean? Like yes. he was just all like, Oh, I'm so angry. And people just explode around him. I'm just like, yeah, that's that, that good Sith content that I live for. Or I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> but good, so... good. Let <laughs> that hate flow through you. Yes. You know what? So I started, Oh, oh, yeah? No, go ahead. Sorry. I'll leave. Oh, I was Sorry. just going to say, I, I, so I started thinking about him I, um, as, like, portrayed in, like, the, the comic, the Force Unleashed comic, and the novel. Because for some reason, seeing it in a comic makes it more palatable. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it grounds the character a little more. I, d- I don't know why that is, but in a video game, is is just insane. The comic makes it more relatable to, like, you know, the things we see Ahsoka do. Sure. I don't know if that makes any sense yeah, at all. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Um, so I was, I was gonna say that um, you know the one that that moment in Force Unleashed though where you know Star Killer pulls the Star Destroyer out, down from the sky. Yeah. I remember everybody like when you know before Episode Eight came out, people were like, "We're gonna see Luke do that" or something like that. Right. <laughs> so like as cool as that moment was for like a video game, it's also like a detriment to the overall like because it's like okay, that's just like uh, a little too fantastical. For yeah. me, right? So I mean, I can't say I would have hated epic it. And no. awesome, and when and when that video came out, <laughs> it went viral, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Exactly. Which it was. It was fantastic. Right. It was so cool. It's never been done before, and never been done since for a reason. Um, yeah, but, exactly. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it it does sometimes when people want to go like we need an uber powerful person. I know they should pull a star destroyer out of the sky. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, think, thinking about that kind of more relatable star killer um, to you know versus Ahsoka, I I still want to give it to him just because he was set up as like you know this Jedi hunter. I feel like I feel like he could get it done. That's his job. He has the one job, and that's to kill Jedi. <laughs> so I feel like yep. he, he would win ultimately. All right. Well, what does that what does that final tally come bring us out to? Uh, twenty one for Starkiller and twenty five for Ahsoka. That's close though. That's real that's, close. Yeah, that's real close. That's the closest we've had in a while. Yeah. Although our next one might be pretty close too. Oh yes. <laughs> that's a that's tease, true. folks, for the end of the episode. Indeed. Um, <laughs> now, um. Before we hop into the topic, just a reminder, if you have been listening, we have our next episode of the A New Hope radio drama coming up 
at the end of the episode, which would be episode eight of the radio drama, Death Stars Transit. And this is the one where we get this really intense torture scene with oh. Leia and Vader. This is the one where we get it. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I re-listened to the most recent episode that we put on last week's episode, the, the mm-hmm. radio drama. I love that character Squeak. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember him, the one that like tries to charter Han and Chewie on a different. Um, oh yeah, and he has that like. Okay, Han. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, I can't even do it, but like it's so funny. I if I, I, I haven't I haven't listened to that one yet um, this time around, so I forget exactly what he sounds like, but. I wonder. I wonder if it was Mark Hamill doing that voice. Oh, maybe. oh, I don't know. It could have been. Yeah, it seems right up his alley. That's something I think he would enjoy. For me, what I really liked about this last episode was, um, for some reason, I was really into that scene with Luke selling his speeder. It's a great little scene. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What? It's so good. That character well, too, like the alien they sell it to. Am I in second Grubhub? Yeah, you know, exactly. to be taken by a pair of humans. Yeah. Well, I. I I really liked the uh, the sound mixing that was going on in that scene because, like, even though I have never seen this little shop in Moss Eisley, for some reason I could see it in my head. The way yeah. they were using sound, the way they were just kind of, like, interacting with the space, I could see it, like, so clear in my mind's eye. And I thought that was fascinating. It, yeah, I love the radio <laughs> nice. drama. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. It is very good. This stuff is very good. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Shall we jump into Cassian, though? Yeah. Th- talk about a surprise today, ah! huh? Would you, would you like me to read the press release read on it. StarWars.com? Yeah. Do it. Do it. <clears throat> <laughs> Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger announced today that Lucasfilm is in development on a second Star Wars live-action series for Disney+, Plus, the company's new direct-to-consumer streaming service. The series will go into production next year, follows the adventures of rebel spy Cassian Andor during the formative years of the Rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Diego Luna will reprise the role of Andor. Going back to the Star Wars universe is very special to me, said Luna. I have so many memories of the great work we did together and the relationships I made throughout the journey. We have a fantastic adventure ahead of us, and this new exciting format will give us the chance to explore this character more deeply. The rousing spy thriller will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. A release date for the series has not yet been announced. Stay tuned to StarWars.com for the latest updates. (laughs) (laughs) Batteries not included. (laughs) Batteries not included. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well done. Um, Thank you. Part of a balanced breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to get that one in there. So, what were you, what were your guys' initial? What was your initial reaction when when you heard this? Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Mike, yeah, that face that Jason just made, where his eyes got as big as dinner plates. That was that was my face. <laughs> I I love the crew from Rogue One so much. So mm-hmm. the fact that we get anything with any of them again is exciting to me. Um, and the fact that not only are we getting a TV show or based around one of the characters, but it's live action and we get Diego Luna back. Yay! Yeah. Which is we will so finally cool. get to see the fight he's been in since he was six years old. Um, <laughs> yes. So, uh, this is exciting. This is amazing. And, and uh, we were talking about this earlier before we started recording. And the likelihood that we might see him meet up and find his buddy k2so okay 
You're jumping ahead, Jason. We're not to the prediction section yet. Katie, how did you feel when, when you saw the announcement today? Uh, I was I was also very excited because I was like, oh my gosh, more Cassie, and I loved that character. One of my, one of my biggest I, I don't know regrets uh, coming out of Rogue One. Of course, I loved Rogue One, but I felt this like intense sorrow that I didn't get to spend more time with these characters, mm. you know. And I and I just had this hunger for more, and now I'm getting more Cassian, and that's just amazing. But I can't I can't lie. My very quick second thought was, oh great more content that takes place between revenge of the sith and a new hope mm-hmm. as it as if we don't already have tons of content that is are just being squeezed into that era like there's other eras of star wars guys let's come on let's yeah 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 you know it uh, my my initial response was just like i was very excited i was also like literally peg checking at target at star wars toys at the moment i got it <laughs> you know so like jason messaged us at the same time that my friend greg messaged my other friend group of friends <laughs> and i was like oh and i don't have good service in the target so i was like oh nuts what is this going on and so like, at least jason's link had the title and i was like okay thank you jason for at least making this clear um and um i mean i was really excited because i love casting he's my favorite ca- well he and cheer it by far yeah are definitely probably my favorite two characters in that in that movie um, and yeah, I'm like, I'm really excited. I, I'm excited about the kind of stories they're going to be able to tell with the type of character that he is. Um, you know, it makes me think of like a James Bond meets Star Wars kind of a thing, right? In the sense of like, yeah. he is, he's, he works for the Rebel Alliance's MI6, if you will. Um, right. so I was really excited. But then, you know, obviously the three of us were chatting really quick there. And K- Katie, you know, obviously you voiced mm-hmm. what you just said. And I immediately thought the same thing afterwards because I was like, yeah, you're definitely right, Katie. Like, I am kind of sick of that era. Um, mm-hmm. Like we've gotten tons of novels in that era. We've got all these comics in that era. Um, we had rebels like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, overall, yes, I think all three of us agree. We're very excited because he's a character we all want to know more about. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I hope with like, I mean, grand, yes, the Mandalorian is outside of that era, right? It's between mm-hmm. return of the Jedi and force awakens. Um, I won't lie. I think there'll always be some small disappointment as they continue to make announcements if it doesn't include something with the big three post Return of the Jedi. Like, I just, I really want an animated series that takes place after Return of the Jedi with Han, Luke, and Leia. And then obviously throw in other side characters. That'd be great. Um, Just like Clone Wars did. But that's, that's still my number one on on my top list of what kind of TV shows I want. Um, So, yeah. So, um, but as far as live action goes, this is a great, this is a great character to explore. Oh, yes. But I will say this, and I, this thought just popped into my head, and I don't mean to sound like negative, as if I don't want Cassian. I would be also really stoked to get a Chirrut and Bay's TV show. Oh like, my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> like Guardians of the Guardians of the Wills, like that kind of Star Wars would be right up my alley. Oh um, yes, but well, uh, isn't isn't Donnie Yen like an actual like kung fu star though? Yes. I feel I feel oh, like. Yeah. He has other stuff to do. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think it'd be really tough. I mean, you could do. Um, yeah. I mean, I, who knows how long this? I, I have a feeling like this yeah. season will have, or this series will probably have, mm-hmm. you know, like a very specific runtime in the sense of like it's not going to be an ongoing series. I would yeah. imagine. Um, right. It's, it's got. It's got a set kind of a story that it needs to tell, right. and it'll take you know maybe two or three seasons probably is my guess. Yeah. To tell that story. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout out though, and we can jump now into like if you guys are cool, we'll jump into some like things that we're yeah. hoping to see or predictions and all that. I want to give a quick shout out. Just um, I don't know his actual name, Jason. Maybe you do, but he's he's always great about being very vocal with us on Twitter. Um, uh, uh, 
dead dead star canal shoot that's not oh, dead clone trooper clone trooper yes. yeah no. is it <laughs> isn't that um dead clone e- trooper denal denal yes, yeah yeah isn't that ethan who kept e- who emailed us I don't remember. I'm sorry. Oh that I so anyway, but I do want to give him um, the shout out because first off, he's always very awesome about like retweeting for us and oh, constantly yeah. interacting. Um, mm-hmm. But I really like his his point where he was the first to say something. He's like, he goes, I'd love it if we got a flashback scene of a young Cassian like watching a clone, you know, like a um, a clone troop army like invading his planet, right? Because I think yeah. the idea was is that he fought with the Separatists during the Clone Wars. He was on a Separatist planet, Cassian. Oh, um, so I th- just think that that like what a cool idea! Like to see like him seeing the clone troopers as an invader, um, yeah, and even more so why he would hate stormtroopers, right? Like his mm-hmm. whole experience in these fights have been against stormtroopers. Um, that would be fascinating. Yeah. That'd be some like I real could, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> stuff I could, right yeah. there. I could yeah. be wrong about that, but I'm almost positive. I remember that being the case that Cassian fought in the clo- like he was young during the Clone Wars, but it was his pl- his planet was on the side of the Separatists. Yeah. Um, well, allow me to dig into perfect. my Rogue One Ultimate Visual <laughs> yeah, Guide because I feel like and see if I can find out what planet he's from. Yeah. Great. Well, I while you do that, I really do feel like Cassian is a great character for us to get a Game of Thrones style you know a, a streaming show from disney where it it does have that older audience in mind and a you know and um maybe some darker themes darker tones and and yeah looking at this like weird political situation from from different sides i guess where you know yeah i don't think we've really had a, a main character from from a separatist you know point of view before like obviously we've had separatist characters but it's never been like the main guy on the show you know what i mean yeah and yeah and just I don't know. It's it smacks the Game of Thrones to me, and that excites me a lot because I love <laughs> me some Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I'm like I said, I'm just so excited to see the kind of my like my favorite moment in Rogue One is that moment when mm-hmm. he's like has the shootout with the Death Troopers and Krennic while he's hanging there from oh, the data, yeah. you know, the data tower. And all I just, right, I, here, here, okay. here, I, I got, I got the info. Okay, let's hear it. Um. Now in his mid-twenties, Andor grew up in the wilds of the Outer Rim and came of age fighting against the Republic during the tumultuous Clone Wars. His father was killed at the Caridia Military Academy during a protest against the expansion of Republic militarism. Though not a formal separatist, Andor became part of a Confederacy-backed insurgentist cell at a young age, tossing rocks and bottles at Republic walkers and clone troopers. That's so cool. That's so There you cool. have it, folks. Yeah. That's some real Game of Thrones stuff where it's all like, no, I'm not a separatist. I'm part of this like smaller group, and you're supposed to know the difference between all of these <laughs> political factions and understand the ins and outs of it. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. What were you going to say, Carl? No, Your favorite it, moment? Well, I was just – yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just going to say like I, I, I can't wait for some more like cool like gunfighting yeah. moments with Cassie. I mean, and again, like the, the Kessel shootout in Solo, like – Mm-hmm. I feel like obviously Rogue One and then obviously Solo has gotten has to me has been some of the best blaster fights we've gotten in Star Wars. Again, my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, we've gotten some cool ones before, but I feel like lightsaber fights have always stolen the show and the fil- and the other films. But well, like, of course they have, and right. for good reason. Yeah, yeah. right. And I'm not I'm not belittling that, but um, yeah, I'm just so excited to have a TV series where we have like you know this like this spy character who's good with his gun and oh, it's 
I'm just so excited. I can't wait. Um, I, yes. I, I like that with this and Resistance and The Mandalorian, it's showing that Disney is not afraid to move away from Force users. They were really yeah. hesitant to do that before. You know, yeah. like, you know, with like Ezra and Kanan, they're right. like, well, we have to anchor the show with, you know, laser swords. People aren't going to care about Star Wars if there's no laser swords. But and then Rogue One kind yeah. of went, yeah, well, maybe, maybe they do, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's awesome that we get an announcement of another live action series that too, yeah. at this point. You know, the, you know, the Mandalorian is still months away from coming out. Um, but Disney is confident enough in what they've got to say, yeah, we've got another one that we're planning that's in the works, yeah. you know? Um, and so I'm just, I'm just excited about this. And, uh, I still think there might be possibilities of Cassian running across the ghost crew at some point, you know, mm-hmm. maybe even pre rebels, pre Ezra, you know, depending on where they set the series, mm-hmm. um, yeah. We we could have him run up against, you know, Hera and Kanan, you mm-hmm. know, and Chopper, just the three of them, you know, or before they've collected Sabine and Zeb, or or maybe they've only collected Zeb or, or, or Sabine or something, you know, like before they've formed the entire family, maybe maybe he goes on a mission with them and they offer him to stay and he's like, ah, I don't think so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just, yeah, maybe set after like the New Dawn novel. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that because I don't remember when exactly New Dawn takes place, like where Hera and Kanan are. I think that's like yeah, six years before Rebels. Yeah, so it's yeah, maybe we will see them six like years together. Yeah, I, maybe it's maybe it's not I quite that far. It was like yeah. four years before Rebels. Yeah, so but, we could we could see them. I would yeah. love to see Kane, not Kanan, Cassian run across uh, Crimson Dawn. You know, get some Amelia Clark. Ah, uh, you know, speaking of Game of Thrones, Ray Park. <laughs> oh, maybe some Ray Park. I don't even want to. Fa- I, I I'll get too excited if I think about Ray Park being in this show. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> but Kira, I could see, I could see Cassian uh, hanging out with Kira. You know, not hanging out, but you know, maybe he has to, you know, deal with Crimson Dawn somehow. You know, broker some a sort foil of foil for him. Yeah, uh-huh. like foil. Yeah, she's like, you know, because Cassian, he is almost being pulled towards the dark side a little bit. You know, because mm. because he's willing to do these like you know extreme things. You know, like shoot his friend, like he did in Rogue One. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, so uh, and I think we're gonna. Well, you know, he talks about when he when he has that big speech to Jin mm-hmm. um, after she gives her you know rebellions unbuilt are built on hope speech. Uh, he says, you know, we've all done things we're not proud of, and yeah. we're going to see some of those probably. Yeah. What, so, what if he and Amelia Clark kissed? <gasps> what if they kissed? I could. It'd be amazing. Very well could. I could see, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah I, I could see that. Although, you know, I think <laughs> what's even more likely than Amelia Clark and Kira is yeah. Enfys Nest. I think that's yes! even. I think that's the most likely, to be completely honest, of solo yes! characters. Like I could see him certainly having some dealings with Crimson Dawn for sure. I I, yeah. I agree that I doubt Maul would be in this, mm-hmm. um, but definitely yeah, Cass- for, for for sure I could see would- Kira. But I think Enfys yeah. Nest makes the most sense as far as solo yeah. characters, yeah. because which means we could see some of the rebellion. Cloud Riders come back. You know, right. get get Warwick Ooh. Davis to come yeah. back as Weasel. So because um, you know, so did any of you? Did either of you read the solo novel? I have no, not, yet. not yet. Not yet. Ah, 
Sorry. It's, it's not, it's, honestly, it's nothing special. Like, it's fine. Oh, okay. Like, I, I enjoyed it fine enough, but I still think all the novels that have come out since Revenge of the Sith for movie tie-ins have been... Force Awakens was, in my opinion, garbage. Last Jedi was okay. Uh, Rogue One sucked. I thought. I mean, I know. So, now I know people listening right now are like, "I loved all of those," and that's totally fine. I just didn't like them at all. I thought the prequel novels were all phenomenal. They each got better. Like that's a Phantom really Menace high bar. was really that's good. True. Attack yeah. of the Clones was yeah. even better. And then Revenge of the Sith is like one of my favorite novels. Period. Yeah. To be true. Fair. Solo had some yeah. good stuff, but can I tell you guys a spoiler from yeah. the end of Solo? Yes. It's not in the movie. It's a, like a postscript in the novel only. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. Okay, tell yeah. me, tell so, me, tell yeah. me, tell me. If you yeah. don't want to know, mute for the, like the next 15 seconds and go. Here it is. So at the end, Enfys Nest takes that shipment of coaxium and interacts with Jyn or so. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Like teensy, teensy Jyn or so. Yes. She's like, she, yeah. She's very young. This is 10 real years. good. Because yeah, this is 10 with years Saw? before. Yeah. With Saw. And Saw. Yep. yep. So oh, it's real good. I could see like Artisans. the Cloud Riders and and – Cassie and hooking up at some point, which I that's honestly I'd rather see that than Kira. Um, what if what if Cassian and Emphis Nest kiss? <laughs> They'd be about mm. what if she? Yeah. You know, he just kisses her. Her mask just leans forward and kisses the front. Of her I like your mask. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. And now there's a smud. (laughs) She's just walking around with like, you know, his lip imprint where her mouth should be. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I think think we broke Katie. Just a little. Katie just broke herself. Uh, Uh, Too many many ships. I would love, I would love though to see um, Cassian interact with Enfys Ness and or Kira. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. You could get both. You could have Cassian yeah. and Amphis start working for a while, and then they have to run across the Crimson Dawn, mm-hmm. and Kira's no slouch. Um, mm-hmm. And so what What if, what if, and here's some terrible stuff, um, what if Kira takes out Amphis and uh, oh. Cassian has to do something terrible? Um, oh, no. I'm just going to leave it there. Oh, no. So, yeah, let's get real Game of Thrones. This, this is this is well. I mean, it's also a spy movie, and you yeah. can't have happy endings for couples in spy stories <laughs> right. a lot of times. Well, I, you know, the thing with like either Kira and Enfys Nest too is, I still really want a sequel to Solo, like really bad. Um, yes, I, mm-hmm. and I I think we we deserve it and we need it to be completely honest. Because yep. I want to know what happens with Kira. I want to know her yeah. interactions with Maul. I want to see Han meet Jabba and do his first thing there. Um, and I want to see what happens with Enfys. And I, I still – so I, I don't know that any of those things would necessarily be resolved in a TV series like this. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather see that in a film. And I could see that plot being very real, Jason, with like Kira does eventually have to go after Enfys because Maul becomes aware that it was Enfys' gang that stole the coaxium. Right? It's a way mm-hmm. of – so rather than like finding Han, yeah. right, who's actually responsible for this, she shifts the blame to Enfys, thinking that all right, at least Enfys has like an army behind her. So oh my gosh, right, yeah. I'm going to use that, and I'd, I'm going to deflect that away from Han. Um, ah. And I feel like if that were the case, that's something you you'd have to do in a story, like in a solo story, right? Not in yeah. a Cassian yeah. Andor TV series, um, right? Which obviously makes sense, but that doesn't mean that both those characters couldn't show up in some capacity or even if they don't like mention of crimson dawn or mention of the cloud riders mm-hmm. um 
And the fact that, like, again, in that that thing I shared with you from the solo novel, what it implies is that Enfys obviously has some relationship with the Saws group. So it could be that Cassian doesn't like the Cloud Riders, right? Because of how maybe they're also becoming these extremists like Saw. And mm. Cassian, um, maybe Cassian needs to have to fight some Cloud Riders, right? Like maybe one of his missions is, right? Like you, you get the impression in Rogue One that like the High Council of the Alliance really doesn't like Saw. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could almost like imagine that. Um, what if like Cassian is sent on like an espionage mission to like screw with Saw's gang or the Cloud Riders or something just mm-hmm. to like delegitimize them a bit in the public eye so that the Republic can the rebellion can have a more favorable, favorable view. Who knows? Yeah, no, I man. could see I could see because we know that that two tubes ends up with Saw Gerrera. You know, but we don't know, like, like yeah, what happens to Enfys specifically, or, or Warwick Davis, whose character's name I can't remember. Weasel. Weasel. <laughs> Weasel. Yeah, we don't, right? We don't know where he ended up. I could almost see Cassian getting in with the Cloud Riders gang, you know, looking to make some change. And then he is witness to the splintering of that group, where some go off with Saw and some stay with Enfys to start the rebellion, you know, the the, the blood that brings life to something new, you know, like I feel like, I feel like Enfys would have erred on the side of like Princess Leia than, than Saw. I don't know. And then, and then Cassian, you know, and, and then he has to make that choice. Do I want to be an extreme person who does whatever it takes to, to, you know, destroy the empire or am I going to err on the side of, of, yeah, you know, Princess Leia. And well, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I see Enfys, Enfys yeah. could go either way though. Sure. Because yeah. she is so young. True. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, she could go either way. She could she could definitely go for the more hopeful route, or she could get um, inspired or spurred on by a Saw Guerrera type and, mm. and totally throw in with the partisans. Um, yeah. Because oh, yeah. she she's extremely skilled when it comes to using mm-hmm. weapons and stuff like that. So you know, Saw would like that. Yeah. No, that's fair. I just, for me, I guess it, it, it just comes down to your interpretation. And, and you're right, it absolutely could go either way. But when she asks Han to join her, and she says, maybe one day you'll feel different, that to me implied that she she is like our Princess Leia, like stand-in, you know, and he is eventually going to join her side. So, mm. but you're right, it could it could go absolutely either way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, yeah. Even that little, sh- that little scene with Enfys when Han and Chewie are coming back, with the coaxium and that little child grabs her hand, you know, it's, yeah, like, it's something uh-huh. simple and, and mm-hmm. subtle, but it also, yeah, in some ways implies the type of character that Enfys is. And, and true, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she, I'd like to think kind of like you're saying, Katie, I, th- I think what you're saying is that I don't know that she would ever go that extremist route like saw. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to think so, but she could be led astray mm-hmm. or misled. Yeah. Uh, because she is still young. Right, you know, and impressionable, and in some ways, probably a bit naive. But yes, that has very little to do with Cassian and uh, (laughs) the show. So you know, the star of. I think what'll be really cool though is I. I feel like in some ways, Cassian's own story um, is kind of what we thought we were going to get in Solo, and I don't know that we really did. Um, But what I could see in a Cassian TV series. Is kind of that slow descent, like you kind of already said, Katie, but that slow descent into the dark, mm-hmm. um, right? Like yeah. when we meet Cassian, I mean, he's a character kind of 
hiding around in the shadows and then he guns you know an, an ally down in the back like in you know i mean obviously diego luna does a great job of acting that part where like it very clearly like he he's not pleased that he had to do that mm-hmm. um but he is somebody who still didn't hesitate to do that um and i feel like so much of his story might be showing just kind of how I don't want to the say de-evolution we, of a hero. Yeah, like I don't mm-hmm. want to say he gets dehumanized because he's certainly still very much a human character in, in Rogue One. Desensitized? Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Exactly, like how he becomes desensitized. And um, maybe even seeing um, you know, a relationship go south, like whether it's with a friend or a romantic partner. Um, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if we see how he gets in contact with K2. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, like K two something like a droid he shuts down on a mission, but then yeah. reprograms and brings back to base with him, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wonder if we'll see Yavin four in this. Like, how long uh-huh. we have still have no idea how long the Alliance has been hiding out on Yavin four. We don't know. Maybe True. well, maybe we'll see him on Dantooine because right, like Leia gives that oh, as a, yeah. as, a, as a you know as a cover. But when they you know our scout trip ships reach Dantooine, they found what what seems to be remains, the remains of, a, of a rebel yeah. base yeah. but it seems to mm-hmm. be deserted for some time right so like they were clearly on dantooine at one time so mm-hmm. right we could we could be at a rebel base on dantooine with cassian yeah that'd be cool i would love to see the yeah the dantooine base just because that's been in the lore for so long i would love to see that pay off it took yes it took over 40 years but it finally right. paid right. off <laughs> yes that would be amazing. Our scout yeah. ships have reached Dantooine. All we see is one lone man. <laughs> His name's Cassian. <laughs> His name is Cassian Andor. He's screaming out into the galaxy saying, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. <laughs> oh. And there's a random droid standing behind him shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Do we have anything else we want to say about the the Cassian Andor TV show announcement? What do you think they'll call it? Mm. <laughs> uh, Since I was six years old. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> part of me just thinks they might just call it Cassian. Maybe. Yeah, I don't well, know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, we, we, we could go with, with the title, you know, the title thing, because we have... The Mandalorian, maybe Ooh, the outlaw, have, yeah, or the spy, Ooh, the spy. The spy. Uh, yeah, I like you that. know, yeah. yeah, the rebel, the I don't know, yeah. something like you know, that. You could uh, go with something like that, you know. Uh, uh, tweet us your best guess at Wampa's list. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, no, please do, please. I love hearing your guys' thoughts. You yes. listening right now? I love. Tweet I love it. your you, tweet it right you, now. the one I'm pointing at through the Skype camera that can't <laughs> actually see this. Send us your thoughts. <laughs> what do you think the Cassian show will be called? Um, a boy and his droid. Mm. A boy and his droid. Aww. Or definitely. Aww. No, that's the name of the Poe Dameron spinoff. Hi. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. A Poe and his droid. Aww. A Poe and his droid. <laughs> um. Yeah, yes. I I think it's going to be a great series. I'm really I'm real excited for it. Oh, me too. So, well, yeah, Jason, you have a a little convention report for us, don't you? I do, and uh, there will be some more um, convention coverage, uh, so <laughs> to speak, in our next episode. We'll release a bonus episode this week with the panel audio. Um, 
that I got with Joey Letson, who has who I've done several of these panels with. Um, so for those of you who are interested, that will be also released uh, this week um, as a bonus episode. Hopefully over the weekend, um, we'll get that all set up. But um, I went to Tucson Comic Con. Which is the smaller of my two regular conventions. Uh, Phoenix Comic Con happens in the summer. Um, that's a huge convention in between 70 and 90,000 people. Tucson Comic Con is uh, much smaller, but it's still a decent size. Um, the last couple have been between about 12 and 15,000. So it's a good size um, and it's a good starter con. Um, when I tell people, who asked me, hey, you've been to conventions, right? What do you think? Should I do one? And I'm like, start with Tucson. Um, <laughs> don't go to Phoenix first. They, you'll be completely overwhelmed. But um, Tucson Comic Con has been getting consistently better, in my opinion, um, as far as the kind of things they cover, the kind of people that show up. Um, they had uh, Tim Rose, the puppeteer for Admiral Akbar, there this year. <laughs> Uh, that's great <laughs> so although i had seen him at phoenix comic-con last year i think it was last year um so i didn't i didn't go to his panel i didn't i didn't get a, a picture with him because i'd already gotten that um but uh so there wasn't much in the way of celebrities tucson comic-con focus focuses more on the industry mm-hmm. artists so mm-hmm. comic artists and things like that but the one thing that stood out to me that really improved this year was the various cosplays that were running around. Um, it's a three-day con. Friday is a little bit smaller of a day, and then you got the big day Saturday and the closing day Sunday. Um, I went Saturday and Sunday. It was a lot of fun. We had our panel on Saturday, which was pretty well attended. About two-thirds of the uh, room was full. Uh, we didn't pack it out like we have in previous years, but I told Katie this earlier, probably because uh, there's not a movie coming out in December. Mm. So, um, yeah. me crying about like, ah, right. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, Kyle Baca was unable to make it at the last minute. He told us like two days before the convention saying, I can't get out of work. Um, so he was not able to make it. So Joey and I had to, uh, had to, pick up the slack and hopefully we did that. Um, but, uh, it was still very well attended. It was very well done. And I thought we had a lot of fun. Um, and you'll hear that in our next episode. But, um, for me, what I like to do at these conventions is I like wandering around. I'll go explore all the booths and, and, uh, look at and see what collectibles are out or go down up and down artist alley. Um, there's a couple that I have seen at Tucson and Phoenix Comic Con for the last several years. Uh, Chris Wilson and Holly Randall, for those of you who are interested, you can check them out on Instagram. Um, They do some awesome artwork, and so I visit them every year. Um, And I talk with them, and I always get a little something uh, from their (laughs) table. So, um, And Chris is probably most famous in the Star Wars world for doing these mashups uh with like classical art pieces and with geek themes like his probably his most famous is the scream with jack skellington Hmm. uh cute so uh but he also does these uh 
old-time fancy military generals, except they're Star Wars characters. <gasps> Is there a hugs? No, <laughs> no, he hasn't done that yet. Ah. The, the most famous one and the one that really kind of started the line was one he called the Admiral. Akbar, right? It was yeah. Akbar. Yeah, and he's, it's it's yeah. Akbar, and he's completely dressed up in these, you know, super dress white duds with the medals and the shoulder pads and everything. And it's awesome. He's done Vader. He's done Luke. Uh, he did Lando this year. That's the new one. And Lando is in like this French, you know, sort of like almost like a Renaissance era or maybe no, um, not Renaissance era, but, uh, the French independence era, you know, with the cape and, you know, the big giant yeah. hat and looks fly. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that French, yeah, that style is very style. opulent. It really fits with Lando. <laughs> uh, he, it's like he was made for this, this line of artwork. And then, <laughs> and then he threw in Wicket. Um, yeah, Wicket. He needs to do, he needs to do uh, Jar Jar, the, the bombad general. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh um, and then Holly does these really whimsical um, watercolor type uh, artwork and she does all sorts of things and I've got some Star Wars and some Disney and Doctor Who things from her So, um, but there are a couple and so I see them at least twice a year at these conventions and I always visit them and I always have a good time talking with them and catching up and seeing all their new stuff um, so that was a lot of fun um, but as I mentioned earlier, one of the really cool things that picked up this year was the awesome Star Wars cosplay. Mm-hmm. Like Ooh. it was, it stepped up its game this year. And I sent Carl and Katie a couple of pictures over the weekend, and I've got more that I could probably send. Um, but uh, the the cosplay there was. Pretty pretty good when it came to star wars as, as, at least as far as the smaller convention goes we had um kira han and lando from uh solo solo <laughs> um, and then they changed uh costumes for sunday and i forget what they were for sunday um we had an awesome uh revan and oh my gosh what's the the lady Bastila? from Bastia, Bastila. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love those characters, and of course, you know, I love the Old Republic always. So yes, I always love just seeing Revan representation <laughs> at, at conventions because I'm like, yes, people still remember Revan. Yes. <laughs> um, I managed to get into a big group picture with a bunch of characters. There was uh, Ray, Maul, Hux, yes. Krennic, Palpatine. Uh, Jedi Luke and a couple of random Jedi. Um, That's like my ideal lineup for like the next movie. Just <laughs> that's really it was really cool. Um, we had Tally uh, from Episode Eight come to our panel. Uh, she was all decked out and really good. And then I ran into Ala Sakura on the convention floor on Saturday night as everything was starting to run down. And my gosh, it's one of the best Alas I've seen. Um, she was pretty legit. Um, she had some pretty strong Leku game. Oh yeah, the, Le- the Leku game was very strong. <laughs> the only thing that would have made it stronger is if she had gotten real leather for the uh, the top um, sleeve and stuff. Um, but 
that's expensive and hot in Tucson. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, of course, you know, you had your Rebel Legion and your 501st there. Um, so Vader and a couple of stormtroopers. There was a couple of Jedi and uh, Rebel troopers running around as well. Um, but the the non-affiliated cosplay characters were really strong this year, which was awesome. Um I had a blast running around, and uh, I also got a, a couple selfies with uh, R2 and BB-8, uh, who were out Aww. of play at the uh, the uh, Rebel Legion uh, setup. Um, and then <laughs> a selfie with Vader, which is the most dangerous selfie you will ever get. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't dress up this year, though, did you? I don't think you did. I did not. Um, That's okay. It's all right. Sometimes I, you just don't have time. I get yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I was, I was busy doing other things. So you do uh, cosplay though. I I've seen you cosplay before. I have on occasion. Um, my my most trusty cosplay though is not Star Wars related. It is no uh, Fourth Doctor. Yes, uh, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, although I did do uh, a Jedi at uh, Celebration Anaheim. Um, with uh, it was a. Green tunic and orange tabards. Cool. Uh, or was it orange tunic and green tabards? Orange tunic, green tabards. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I wanted to spice it up. Um, but yeah, it's an original. Cosplay. Yeah, you were just that cosplaying was... Jedi Knight Jason Hunt. So. Exactly. <laughs> and that's and that is the the base for my costume in the artwork that Joe does for us. Mm. Aww. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, so my my Jedi costume is in the artwork is my actual Jedi costume that I have. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I've done a little bit of cosplay before, um, and I'd like to do more. Um, mm-hmm. I've dressed up in costume a lot. I had uh, a Palpatine cloak. It was really very simple, and it's not something I'd ever. Uh, bring to a convention because it is extraordinary. It's like a big giant um, with a hood and sleeves. Um, <laughs> um, I'd want to do a lot better for you know a convention Palpatine, but one of these days I'm going to pull out a Palpatine. Uh, oh, I love it. Please I, do. That sounds amazing. <laughs> one of these days, and this is not a Star Wars cosplay, but one of these days I'd like to do a Joker costume as well. Oh. <laughs> Um, but uh, preferably an animated Joker. Yeah. Oh, not Heath Ledger, not video game. <laughs> yeah, we got to go Mark Hamill Joker. That's fair. Just yeah. So, um, but Katie, mm-hmm. of the three of us, you are definitely the cosplay expert. <laughs> expert. Oh, no. I, I, I guess expert insofar as that I just I, I do it all the time. I can't really sew. That's not my expertise. When uh, when I was in high school and college, uh, my my sister she's really good at sewing, and she makes her own dresses and stuff. She makes her own cosplays all the time, and I would have her make mine. 
Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it was awesome. really cool that she would do that for me. Yeah. Um, and, and I still do to this day. Either she'll make me something or I'll buy a costume online uh, because um, really – uh, where where I uh, where I excel is like uh, how I accessorize an outfit and how I do my makeup and my hair. Um, that's what that's what I bring to the cosplay table. I, I I'm no good with with the actual clothing part. Um, I, but I was really excited to tell you guys about my very first cosplay. <laughs> it happened when I was in sixth grade. Um, and we have we had an assignment to uh, dress up as a historical figure and then come to class and give and give a little autobiography about ourselves. You know why why we changed history and, and you know why people remember who we are. So kids are coming dressed like you know Abe Lincoln, right? <laughs> who does Katie come dressed as? Darth Maul. No. Oh. <laughs> I specifically come. As old Ben Kenobi. So all I, I almost I almost I almost said George Lucas, but Right, that would have been smart. I, actually, I, I, I about that was that. gonna be my next guess. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah, that would have been smart because that's like an actual person. It could have been like, oh I created Star Wars. Like <laughs> that, I hope you like my flannel. Yeah, right. Just grab a flannel. But what I did was I put, I stuffed a brown a brown uh, blanket into my into my bag. And when it came time for me to give my presentation, I draped it over my shoulders and tied it with a belt around my waist. <laughs> like I'm I'm old Ben Kenobi. <laughs> And I told everybody about my life and like the Phantom Menace had just came out. So I was telling <laughs> them about my early years and how I became. <laughs> You know a how Jedi I, Knight. yeah, how I got to the Jedi Temple and I was raised there as a youngling, like you know all this stuff, and and then I told them about how I died because <laughs> I guess in my head I was a Force ghost, but it did not come through in the cosplay. I understand, you know, you you, you live and you learn. It's like oh, if you're gonna be a Force ghost, you gotta like paint your face blue and <laughs> right, right. You can't just expect people to know you're a Force ghost. <laughs> That's oh great. my gosh that is amazing please tell me you got a good grade on that uh, the teacher was so mad really she was like you have to be a real person and I'm like you don't i'm like oh, oh. I'm like oh, what is real yeah right i'm like uh no, it was <laughs> it was very it was a very special time. <laughs> I'm awesome. coming to school just as old Ben Kenobi. I love it. Uh, so then I uh, uh for for um uh most of you know being a teenager and stuff, I did a lot of anime cosplay that anime conventions all the time. I was going to like three or four anime conventions a year doing different anime characters. <laughs> you know, trying to be like Sailor Moon and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get back into Star Wars cosplay until I don't know about like five years. Oh, it's when Force Awakens came out. Duh, that's when I got back into Star Wars cosplay. <laughs> um, you did a Ray, didn't you? Yeah, I've done Ray and I've done Padme, um, uh, specifically like the lake dress Padme because that's when you can find online and it's so beautiful. And then again, that's you know where I excel is like doing the hair and the makeup and stuff. And um, oh, I've done Jin. 
I, I did gin at Disneyland specifically. They had a May the Force celebration earlier this year. So on on May Force, they had like an all night Star Wars party, and there's just like Star Wars music playing like all throughout the park. It was it's amazing. It was just a really cool Star Wars time. And usually you're not allowed to dress up at Disneyland, but they they let you at these special parties. Um, and so I went as Jin and my husband went as Krennic and there was just this like one moment I remember so clearly, uh, he's walking down the, uh, down, you know, the main street of Disneyland and, uh, and my husband's quite tall. Uh, he's six, four. So when he walks, he just goes, he just like, right. like he's gone. His, his legs are so long. And so like he's <laughs> Krennic and he's just like marching down the street and his cape is like flowing behind him but i'm like into the atmosphere and they're like playing you know the imperial march like i'm just like oh man this music and i'm like dancing as i'm following him and i'm not really thinking about it until people around us start laughing because what they see is Jin dancing behind krennic (laughs) and he's just like not even noticing and then i'm like oh yeah no this is actually kind of perfect this is That's terrific. That's awesome. She she's mocking Krennic behind his exactly. back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'm so excited for Star Wars Celebration because basically all I'm going to do is dress as Kira like the whole time. Kira has so many good Luke looks, and I want to do all of them. <laughs> Kira has so many good looks. Luke's? Oh, looks. <laughs> yes. No, that'll be that'll be great. Um, Carl, you got any cosplay? stuff <laughs> I mean, I, i've i've never really been interested in it i love that people do it um i've just i've never had the interest in doing it myself um until recently <laughs> um yeah. and yeah you know so i do like i have a han solo jacket from empire strikes back uh and i i'm slowly building that i just ordered like the the undershirt correctly because when i ordered the jacket i ordered it from a um a website called uh, oh my gosh I'm gonna I'm totally gonna blank oh F Jackets is, is the name of the site um, and my my friend had done like an old like the old Han costume from Force Awakens and it was pretty good like it looked really great um, and then my friend Greg ordered their Poe Dameron jacket from Last Jedi which looks I mean it looks a little off but it's also like just a great jacket like he wears it all the time and it like works really well it's just like a cool other jacket so I did the Empire Han one it's pretty good. Also, the cool thing about it is it's also very functional. Like you could easily wear it as like a like a early spring yeah. or like late fall jacket. Um, cool. So I, I like I emailed a bunch of sites to just see if I could like individually buy a, a Empire Strikes Back Han undershirt. Nobody would sell them to me outside of like the costumes, and I could, finally like Etsy started putting them up again. So I ordered one on Etsy recently, but before that because I wanted to wear the like at least somewhat of a like costume to the, the the solo premiere when I went with my big group of friends so I just ordered from F jackets they had one of the undershirts that Poe wears in last Jedi. it's this, you know it's a very similar type of collar um, yeah. the way it folds down like that but it's definitely it's not a white color like Hans is pure white whereas the Poe ja- the Poe shirt is more of like a like a yellowish white um, mm-hmm. so it wasn't exactly spot on I wore it this year for Halloween um, it was pretty good but I'm just cool. slowly building. I finally got the white undershirt. It's in the mail. Um, I also got like just the the regular belt. So eventually, I'll buy the pants and then I'll buy a holster. Um, so I'm slowly building it. I, the thing is, is like I think that the best cosplayers typically are things with like uniform, like like masks and helmets and stuff like like mm-hmm. stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. While I know that I'm I'm sure they're very complicated, and I, I mean I I 
very certain of that. They do oh, yeah. they do yeah. look really good. Um, yes. it's the same is true of even like an action figure, right? Like the 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 human faces are always a little off. Like I'm looking at the Cassian figure right now and like this mm-hmm. dude is way too white to be Diego Luna. <laughs> like he's not a he's not a white boy from Europe like with a mustache. Um but like in like the Alden look, the Harrison look, like all the human looks of action figures, they're always just a tiny bit off. They're not bad. They're just always a little off. Right. But like troopers look great, right? Because it's just a it's it's probably easier to design a helmet. Um mm-hmm. so I really like those. And like I said, I can't wait for like the Enfys Nest cosplayers. I cannot oh, wait. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, awesome. and we had somebody, you know, message us on Twitter. Uh I think the the name is Leia is my hero or something. Um, is their Twitter name? I could be wrong on that. It's Leia is definitely in the title, but she said that <laughs> she, look will, it up. she will be cosplaying as Boosh and her friend is cosplaying as Enfys Ness. I cannot oh, wait cool. to meet the two of them and get a picture. Um, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah. Yeah, so I, I probably won't cosplay at Celebration Chicago. It's very unlikely well, just for the simple reason of whenever I travel to these things, I do my best to like keep everything in a really small suitcase. So oh, okay. just like it's just easier to throw T-shirts and a couple pairs of jeans in than like That's true. all the added stuff. So I probably won't do anything. I know like if we are lucky enough to get a podcast stage, we were all talking about dressing up together. So we might have that conversation if that happens. Um, yeah. But I think it's awesome that you're going to be cosplaying so much, Katie, because you've got you've got such a great feel for it. Like I love when you cosplay. Um, yeah. Just from the pictures I've seen, so I can't wait to see it in person. But oh yeah, yeah I, I just but I am fascinated that people do it, and I think. Um, well, let me ask you this because you've obviously done it quite a bit, and even Jason, mm-hmm. you've done it sometimes too. Um, what do you like about it so much? What what's so great about putting on that costume and walking around a convention hall? Sorry, real quick. Um, yeah. The the girl's name is uh is at Leia underscore my underscore hero. So yes, okay. Leia my Aww. hero. Nice. So, um, well. First of all, I, I do want to give one more little anecdote before I go into why I like cosplaying. Um, I am seriously working on, on, on trying to have a Dryden Voss cosplay ready to go for Celebration Chicago. Yes, and yes. I took my <laughs> first steps into this larger world uh, by talking with an armorer at Tucson Comic Con about making some daggers. Oh, cool. So uh, he and I are in communication, and I'll be emailing him saying, hey, I want to go forward in doing this, and he's going to try and figure out how to make some really legit Dryden Voss daggers that hopefully light up um, when you push a button. So, um, yeah, that's going to be something that, you know, w- once I spend, you know, a nice chunk of money on some really legit daggers, I'm going to have to get the rest <laughs> of it together. So um, the the hope is to get all of that together for April. So we'll, we'll see if it all comes together in time. But that's my hope. I'm, I'm hoping to show up as Dryden one of these days um, at Celebration. But the reason I like to cosplay um, and this shouldn't come as any surprise. It's, you know, linked very closely to the fact that I, I, I'm an actor. And um, you, you put on a costume, you become a character, and you just – and I have so much fun with that. And the thing is, um, is while I can, you know, pull a character out of a hat and start acting like this character and everything, um, just – 
off the top of my head if I want to. What really helps me like keep that character around is when I put the costume on. Like when I'm on stage and everything, like I'll I'll do the character in rehearsal and everything, but then I put the costume on, I get everything together and I'm able to kind of block kind of everything else out for, you know, somewhat. Mm-hmm. And so when for example, when I go around as the fourth doctor at these conventions, you know, I, I'm always got this big goofy grin on my face. <laughs> I'm offering people jelly babies, you know. <laughs> um, would you like a jelly baby? And and I and I talk in the in the you know, the fourth doctor voice, you know, he's he's very um exuberant and excitable at times and you know, gregarious and whereas I am not that way in public a lot if if i am by myself wandering the convention i'm that guy almost silent walking around looking at everything if i'm by myself now if i'm in that costume i'm smiling at people i'm you know (laughs) walking around i'm commenting on different things and that sort of thing it's this weird thing i get to pull out a character and i get to have fun and 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 when i'm cosplaying my stage is everywhere because you know it's it's one of these weird things when i get on stage and i start performing i become and i become much more expressive and much more engaged and much i i become much less reserved Mm -hmm. um, when i get on stage and so when i do the cosplay i take my stage with me um (laughs) So that's why I like to do it and why I've always liked dressing up at, at Halloween or other things, you know. Um, so it, it's one of those things that they're some of my favorite characters. And if I'm going to dress up as a character, I will make sure I have studied the character well enough so I can pull off the mannerisms. I can do my best approximation of the voice and I'm going to portray this character in any photo people take of me. You know, I'm not going to be that random guy with the kind of cool costume that's like, (laughs) hey, yeah, I'll take a picture, you know, (laughs) because there's quite a few of those. Um, So I'm going to be, you know, even if my costume isn't the best, even if it's not, you know, 501st or Rebel Legion kind of quality, um, I'm going to be the best, you know, whatever I am that you can get because I embody the character. So, you know, that's that's my goal. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I like doing it. Love. What about you, Katie? Why do you like to cosplay? Um, gosh, you really nail it. it. It's about how it makes you feel. The way I feel when I'm dressed as Padme is different than how I feel when I'm dressed as Jin. When I'm, I'm Padme and I'm wearing that long lake gown that she wears, I feel like this, you know, lighter than air, ethereal creature, you know, just someone possibly beautiful. If a dress can make you feel beautiful, this dress just makes you takes you to another galaxy. But then when I'm Jin, I feel tough. I feel like I can, you know, just conquer just about anything. Um, you know, when you put on that vest and those like fingerless gloves, is it, does anything make you feel more radical than fingerless gloves? <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> it really it really is just the power of costuming the power of clothing really because i know that the way i feel when i put on like heavy black eyeshadow and black lipstick i feel different than when i do kind of more natural everyday makeup or when i as soon as i like put on my my red lipstick i love to wear red lipstick i feel different because of of how i look it makes me feel i don't know powerful in like a way on a, it's like putting yeah. on a brand new suit you know yeah exactly I mean, it's there's you mm-hmm. stand up straighter you you know you, yeah. you take a little bit more pride in your the way you're looking how you you know and mm-hmm. more care with how you carry yourself and you know it, it is that kind of thing yeah, exactly. And then like um, with, with Kira and, you know, she has uh, quite a few different looks. I just, I, I look at those outfits and I think that I want to be that. I want to know what it feels like to wear Kira's like really cool 1980s look with the, um, uh, you know, she's got like all those bracelets. <laughs> she's got that cool jacket and that weird skirt with the asymmetrical hem where it's like longer in the front than it is in the back. I, I just, I want to put on that outfit and know how it feels. Like she, she wears it so dreadfully well, but then I also want to know how it feels when she's wearing like that long black dress with like the, you know, really steep, you know, um, bare back. I want to, I want to know how that feels. Cause how can you wear that dress and not feel like, you know, like, like just a <laughs> complete femme fatale, right. you know, how can, how can you not just feel like you can conquer the world in that dress? Yes. I want to know. I need to know how it feels. And then, of course, there's something to be said about, like, how people look at you when they see a character they love because they know who you're dressed as. Yeah. You know, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, it's blank. It's, you know, whatever character. And Um, especially if you're somebody that isn't Mm -hmm. normally seen. Like, you know, for example, they're. Everybody sees stormtroopers. While they're really awesome and the costumes look amazing, mm-hmm. if you go to a lot of conventions, you're always going to see a stormtrooper. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you get somebody. Uh, I remember running across Hondo Onaka at the last celebration. Oh, cool. Uh, and that was awesome. Um, I've seen at Celebration Orlando, I found Jar Jar. Oh, cool. <laughs> like a legit Jar Jar Binks oh, for the first time. It just and I turned, I turned into a kid again. Carl can, Carl can wit- attest to that. I remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he took the picture. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, it was, you know, when, when you are, you know, a character that somebody loves and they run across you, you yeah. know, that's just cool. It, it is really cool, and you you know you connect with that person in in a way that it's almost like when you wear a t shirt and you see somebody with like oh hey you watch that show you know you, you connect but it's like somehow more intense because you have adopted that that person that character as your as yourself as your personality like it's I don't know it's intense well I know yeah. that um, this past uh, Halloween. Um, my husband and I went up to, uh, went to Disneyland for one of their Halloween parties. And again, that's, that's an event where you can dress up. And, um, I dressed up as Jane from the Tarzan movie, the 1999 Tarzan movie. Oh, nice. I love Jane so much. 
Um, and and Disney, um, they, they always have, uh, you know, people portraying their princesses on hand. But for Halloween special, uh, they had Jane come out. Like, you know, somebody who's like, she's actually supposed to be Jane, you know, instead, nice. of, instead of the princesses. And, and it blew my mind. Like, I was dressed as Jane, and then the really real Jane was walking down the street, and I didn't know she was going to be there. I almost fell over. And I, like, ran up to her, and she was like, I've never seen anyone dressed up as me and i was like oh my gosh (laughs) it was it was just really cool because we were both that character but of course she was supposed to be the real one but you know it it was a really cool moment (laughs) yeah yeah not a lot of people love jane but i do (laughs) i I love that movie that's a fun movie i mean oh it is who doesn't love phil collins doing the soundtrack of that thing yeah yeah well so good You'll Collins. see, you'll see tons of people dressed as Cinderella, but you know, I was, oh, yeah. I was the only one dressed as Jane. <laughs> I mean, great pick though. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and, and you could pull off Jane. So oh, that's you. even better. So <laughs> that was, that was the one, uh, that was the night where, uh, I, I went and I saw, um, uh, Ray, like the really real Ray, the person, you know, mm. dressed up as Ray. And, uh, and I asked her, what is her favorite part about being on my planet? And she said, Oh, all the friends I've made. And that like touched my heart so much. I <laughs> fell over. And so there's, I posted the pictures, there's photos on my Twitter of, of me dressed as Jane, like falling to my knees. <laughs> and- <laughs> talking to Ray. Talking to um. Ray. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I I now remember those pictures. Right. <laughs> I think what's so cool about like cosplayers, like, yeah, is the way they embody a character is mm-hmm. so different because they're so in love with the character that there's such a life that it brings to you as a cosplayer, right? Like when you dress up as this character that you absolutely adore and love, I think you can't help but just be beaming the whole time. Oh, you yeah. know, like you feel oh, yeah. like you're that character and. Um, and I'm not really obviously speaking from direct experience, but I, you know, for an actor to dress up as a character, it's cool, but they're just doing a job. And mm-hmm. while they may enjoy the character, they're still just doing a job. But when a cosplayer puts on, you know, a Han Solo costume or a Jin Erso costume or whatever, like they're becoming something that they idealize in a way right so Mm -hmm. it's just like i feel like for cosplayers it is probably just such a cool and powerful experience there's Um, an intense passion that goes along with it in many cases yeah Mm -hmm. it's a labor of love especially if you make your own costumes you know it's such you know you they take hours and hours to to make you know and to sew by hand you just pour so much love into that craft yeah right and it, it's just such a, again, like powerful way to that showcases the creativity of Star Wars fans. And obviously cosplaying is not unique to Star Wars, but mm-hmm. I feel like Star Wars has some of the most incredible cosplayers. And oh, I yeah. remember when we went to Fan Days, Jason, all those years ago, um, and I, I saw, I mean, I had never really seen a lot of cosplayers before because I'd never been in anything like that. The thing that mm-hmm. I loved most was when you had somebody cosplayed as Admiral Akbar, but they were dressed up in a Ghostbusters um, <laughs> costume and they were yeah. carrying the Ghostbuster trap. And I just loved it. <laughs> that was like, that's still probably one of my favorite cosplays. I think it's that's so amazing. great. Cause it's like, yes, I remember that now. Oh, I so remember good. that. That was also the first time I ran into Chef Vader 
with the Jar Jar head on a platter. Oh, and yeah. I did not like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a funny idea. I get it. But sure. It is. I so. still have an issue with it. No, that's it, fair. <laughs> that's totally fair. But, um, you know what, guys? Oh, man. I, 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 oh, sorry. I saw a group once that they were all bounty hunters, but they were all Disney princesses as bounty hunters. So there was, like, you know, like a Cinderella bounty hunter and a Rapunzel bounty hunter. Like it was cool. That's really it cool. Was, it was really cool. <laughs> I, um, and then of course at, at the celebrations, um, I think both, I think all three years we've gone, Carl, we've seen, uh, the Muppet troopers. Yeah. There's the, <laughs> there's stormtroopers. But they don't have the helmets, and they've got different Muppet heads. Uh, oh, my got, gosh. You've got Kermit and Miss Piggy and Gonzo and Animal, uh-huh. and I think the other one is... Uh, Emphis Nest. Beaker. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, you know, so the... the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The mashup costumes, uh, yeah, those yeah. are great. Are yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I still remember uh, the first celebration we went to, Celebration Six, um, running across uh, a Joker Jedi, <laughs> and he had this the purple uh, Jedi costume and everything, and the lightsaber with the little sign at the end of it that went whoosh. Oh, <laughs> um, I get it. Well, yeah. Yes, like like <laughs> like the good. Joker's bang yeah. gun. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, he had the Joker makeup and everything, and that was. That's and he so had good. a a slave Leia Harley Quinn, um, who was around with him. Um, so yeah, those were fun. Uh, but I I still remember those. So yeah. Oh, did I tell you guys at the the convention that I went to where I dressed as Padme? My husband was dressed as Anakin, um, and we found out that outside the convention center there was this little park where people were going to to take pictures. Because of course, if you're in cosplay, you want to get beautiful pictures of yourself, right? And you right. need a great backdrop. Um, and at this park, there was a fountain that was just ringed by uh, by this really big uh, sand. It was just lots and lots of sand. And so I got a picture of him like on his knees, like screaming at the sky <laughs> in the middle of all this sand. And that was his his Facebook avatar for the longest time. That's so perfect. It <laughs> was so him great. like, ah, sand. That is awesome. <laughs> um, well, guys, I think we're going to start wrapping this one up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so, so many fun things to talk about. But uh <laughs> Before we go, though, Katie, you you came up with a great matchup for our next episode <gasps> I did. again. So, I did. So, please regale us with your matchup. Loosely inspired by the uh, Castian TV show announcement, I want to know who would win in a grueling match between Kira and Jin. Ooh, yeah, I love it. I, <laughs> I love, love it. it. I love it too. Ah. <laughs> yes, um, this is going to be a fun one, and I still got to figure out who I'm going to vote for because this. Yeah, is, me too. This is going to be tough. <laughs> They're both I've, so evenly matched. I think. Uh, so. and I cosplayed or want to cosplay both of them, so uh, it's a tough call. It's, it's <laughs> really tough. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. All right. So, well. Yeah, Carl. <laughs> If people want to weigh in on any of our rambly discussion here tonight um, or 
share any of their cosplay photos, uh, where can they do that? Well, of course, you can find us over on Twitter um, at Wampas Lair. You can find us on, po- uh, on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can send us emails at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and you can also support the show over on our Patreon, like our good friend Andrew, who pr- brought us this episode. So head over to patreon.com slash Wampas Lair Podcast. Yes, and Katie, where can people find you on the interwebs? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at PoHotDameron. Mm-hmm. Or maybe KD2SO. KD2SO. Uh, <laughs> coming soon. KD2SO. Coming soon to a Twitter near you. Um, <laughs> yes, and remember, at the end of this episode, stick around if you've been listening to the next episode of the A New Hope radio drama. Yes. Y'all got anything else before we close this down? Good to go. That'll do it. All Good right. to go. Oh, like Cassian will slink out of here as super spies <laughs> on our way. Uh, I don't know. I was going somewhere with that and it didn't work. Anyway, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 308. Cosplay, conventions, and Cassian. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Star Wars, Episode 8, Death Star's Transit. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. The Princess Leia Organa, an imperial senator from the planet Alderaan, is also a leader in the secret councils of the Rebel Alliance. But her most daring mission, to deliver the plans for the empire's most awesome weapon, has failed. In a last desperate bid to get the information into rebel hands before being captured, she has placed it in the memory banks of the astrodroid R2-D2. And though Princess Leia is unaware of it, R2 has come into the possession of Luke Skywalker and the veteran Jedi Knight Ben Kenobi. Taken prisoner by Darth Vader, the Dark Lord of the Sith, Leia Organa is aboard a cruiser of the Imperial Starfleet en route to the Death Star a stupendous space-going battle station. Navigator, estimated time of arrival at the Death Star. Fifteen minutes, sir. We're getting clearance to enter the outer defensive zones now. Carry on. Lord Vader? Yes, Captain. We're right on schedule, Lord Vader. Excellent. Lord Vader. Well, Commander. We have the prisoner outside, sir. What are your orders? Escort her in, Commander. Yes, sir. The prisoner will step forward. Commander, you needn't be so curt with my guest. Guest? I'm warning you, Commander, you and your men may post yourselves by the hatch. Yes, sir. And that will be all for now, Captain. As you wish, Lord Vader. 
You've overstepped yourself, Vader. Firing on my ship and taking me captive, the Imperial Senate will not no take this No longer presents any obstacle to me. You'd do better to worry about your own well-being, Princess Leia. You won't succeed, you know. You will never be able to crush the rebellion. I didn't have you brought here to listen to more of your pointless ranting, Your Highness. You're so upset that you haven't taken time to glance out of the main viewport at our destination. Quite right. Closer to completion than even your rebel agents estimated. I thought the sight of it might shock you into revealing that you knew of its existence. I, I'd heard vague rumors in the Imperial Senate, nothing more. You've proved nothing, Vader. You knew of the Death Star. You also intercepted the rebel message transmitting the technical design data for it. I'm offering you one last chance to tell me what you did with those plans. Once we've docked in that battle station, much harsher and more direct means will be used to question you. You wouldn't dare. You'll never get away with this. You think not? Look, Princess. Gaze upon the Death Star. The mightiest war machine that humankind has ever produced. It's... invention of twisted minds. See that great circular dish? That is the prime weapon. Mere Starfleet's pale by comparison. It has the power to destroy entire worlds. You're insane. You, the Emperor, the military, you've all gone mad. Don't be too preoccupied with the Death Star, Princess Leia. It is, after all, no more than a machine. But it is indicative of the might of the Empire. Strength that will inevitably crush your pitiful rebel alliance. Now let me ask you again. What have you done with the plans? I see you have no intention of cooperating. Very well, your fate is upon your own head. Rest assured that you will tell me what I wish to know. Commander. Lord Vader. Take her to her quarters. When we've docked at the Death Star, have her transferred to the detention levels there. Yes, Lord Vader. <laughs> You're about to find out what it means to defy the Empire, Your Highness. A lesson that will soon be learned by the whole galaxy. Staff meeting still scheduled to proceed on time, Abermotty? As soon as the Grand Moff Tarkin arrives, General Tag, he's gone to the docking bay to greet Lord Vader in person. Vader? Has he recovered the stolen plans? I think not, General, but my sources inform me that he has taken a captive, the Princess Leia Organa. Leia Organa? Has Vader lost his mind? He's gone too far this time, Motty. This dark lord of the Sith whom the Emperor has inflicted upon us will be our undoing. And we remain vulnerable until the Death Star is fully operational. You worry too much, Tag. Marty, you still don't seem to realize how much of a threat the Rebel Alliance is. It's not just that they're becoming better organized and acquiring more ships and better equipment. They're driven, don't you understand? They're fanatics. They may be dangerous to your Starfleet, but not to this battle station. The rebellion will continue to gain the tacit support of the Senate as long as they're. Ah. Governor Tarkin, Lord Vader, 
The Imperial Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. Lord Vader brings word that the Emperor has dissolved the Council permanently. The Senate dissolved? Hmm. The decree was carefully worded, of course, invoking the current emergency and the rebel violence. But the last remains of the old Republic have been swept away. But how will the Emperor maintain control, Governor Tarkin? Fear will keep the worlds of the Empire in line. Fear of this battle station. And what of the Rebellion? If the Rebels have a complete technical readout of the Death Star, it's possible, however unlikely, that they might find a weakness and exploit it. If it's destroyed or even severely damaged, our main deterrent power will be gone. The plans to which you refer will soon be back in our hands. That is beside the point. Any attack made by the Rebels against this battle station would be a useless gesture, no matter what technical data they've obtained. The Death Star is now the ultimate power in the universe. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion hasn't helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels hidden for... <laughs> Are you having difficulty breathing, Mortimer? Is your throat constricted as though some force were at work? I find your lack of faith disturbing, Marty. Enough of this. Vader, release him. As you wish, Governor. This bickering is pointless. Lord Vader will interrogate Princess Leia and provide us with the location of the Rebel Fortress by the time this station is operational. That should take no longer than two more work shifts. We will then be free to demonstrate our full power and crush the Rebellion with one swift stroke. You find your quarters adequate, Princess Leia. Vader, I demand that I be released from this cell and given access to formal legal proceedings. Spare me your indignation, Your Highness. What's that, Vader? This machine? It is called an interrogation device. But there are those who call it other things. A torture robot. This violates every rule of law the in the law no gap. longer applies to you. You're a rebel. You've refused your one chance for mercy. And now, your highness, we shall discuss the location of your hidden rebel base. Vader, keep that away from me. The injection arm is primed. Now tell me, where is the rebel fortress? I don't know what you mean. So be it. No. No. Let go. You stop that. Hold still, you no. little fool. No. There is no escape. No. No. Princess Leia Organa, listen to my voice. Pay attention to my voice. That's right. You hear only my voice. Listen to it. Trust it. 
I am your friend. No. Yes. All your secrets are safe with me. You can trust me. I am a member of the Rebel Alliance, like you. We must know what you did with those tapes. Tapes? The technical plans for the Death Star. What did you do with them? Where are they? The Rebels need to know. Help us, Leia. We need them, Leia. What happened to those tapes? Where are they? You must. It's your duty. Yes. Your duty to our rebel alliance. Your obligation to Alderaan and to your father. Your father commands you to tell us. Yes. Don't you wish to please your father? Yes. Then tell me what you did with those plans. Say the words. But, your father but, orders you to tell us. You try my patience. Tell me what was done with those plans. No. Listen to my voice. You are now in great pain. Excruciating pain. Pain. The universe of it. Your world is nothing but pain. Don't make it stop. Tell me what I wish to know. Tell me what I wish to know. Where are the plans? I can't tell. Your skin is afire. You're burning. Your nerve endings are in flames. Your flesh is being torn apart. I will when you've told me where the plans are. You're dying in torment. Where are the Death Star plans? Where is the Rebel Fortress? There are only seconds left. Your heart is about to burst, and the breath of life is nearly gone. You must! Stop! You are no longer dying. No longer in pain. Your mind is a blank. You float without a thought or concern. Lord Vader, is anything wrong? No! Get out! Wait. Have a medical tech see to the prisoner. Make sure she's suffered no serious damage. Have her fortified so that she can take another round of interrogation. Yes, Lord Vader. I shall be back. Soon. Yes, Motti. Death Star is now 100% functional. Including our prime weapon? Completely operational. This station can destroy any planet you care to select. <laughs> the entire Starfleet in pitched battle couldn't stop us. <laughs> you now have in your hand the power of life and death over every living thing in the galaxy. Life and death. 
ultimate power. It rests with you now. And with the Emperor, of course. To be sure, Governor, that's what I meant. Only the Emperor is far from here. Actual command of the Death Star is yours. Yes. Lord Vader. Uh, I'm informed that the station is now fully operational. Yes, Vader, that's correct. We need only a word from the Governor to begin operations. In the service of the Emperor? Uh, quite so. In the service of the Empire. And the Emperor. He chose well when he selected you to oversee construction of the Death Star, Governor Tarkin. Lesser men might have harbored some foolish thought of betrayal. Ambition has been the downfall of many. Indeed. But the Emperor is assured of my loyalty. Is that not so, Motti? Implicitly, Governor Tarkin. Now, Vader, what of the Princess? She resisted the first interrogation session. Her innate willpower is formidable, and it has been augmented with certain physical and mental disciplines. No matter. I shall wear her down in time. But how can that slip of a girl defy you? It's ludicrous. I believe that she still holds hope that the stolen plans will eventually be delivered into rebel hands. Futile, of course, but it sustains her. But you've broken hardened, resolute men with relative ease. It is difficult to crush a prisoner's will until one has obliterated their hope. I think you're too easy with her, Vader. Put aside your mind drugs and tele-suggestions. There are old methods, tried and true ways of making a captive speak. Phantom pain is something against which she can defend herself. But against the real thing, her resistance will collapse. I think not. She is a member of the Royal House of Alderaan and of the Imperial Senate. She has had access to many family and governmental secrets. She has been specifically trained and prepared to withstand conventional questioning. I would have to apply levels of pain so high as to risk killing her. And what of it? She must be disposed of in time anyway. But the princess is my one lead to the rebels. I cannot chance losing her just yet. Well, you haven't much time, Lord Vader. With the Death Star completed, I must take vigorous action against the rebels as soon as possible. The Emperor expects great things of this battle station, and of me. Without the information that Leia Organa is protecting, your best efforts will be wasted. But I will demolish her defenses, rest assured. I've always found your methods needlessly elaborate, Vader. They are effective. Nevertheless, I am open to suggestions. That is wise. Stubbornness such as Princess Leia's can often be circumvented by applying threats to some third party. What do you propose? I think it's time we demonstrated the full power of the Death Star. I have it in mind to do so in a fashion that will be doubly useful. Admiral Motti? Sir? Tell your programmers to set a course for the Alderan system. With pleasure, Governor Tarkin. Lord Vader? <laughs> you see, Vader, the third party we shall threaten is the entire population of her own planet. Alderaan is one of the foremost of the inner systems. The Emperor should be consulted. Do not think to challenge me. You're not confronting Tag or Motti now. The Emperor has given me a free hand in this affair. The decision is mine. And... You will have your information that much sooner. Just so. I'm glad you agree. The Empire is vast, and even a weapon as magnificent as the Death Star can only be in one place at a time. 
A major part of this station's value is as a deterrent. We must prove to the galaxy that we are prepared to use it at the slightest provocation. If your plan serves our purpose, it will justify itself. The stability of the Empire is at stake. A planet is a small price to pay. solar system, Governor Tarkin, and assumed orbit around the planet. Make sure we're well out of range of the explosion. Is our prime weapon prepared? Primary ignition can proceed immediately upon your command, sir. Here is the prisoner. Governor Tarkin, I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Charming to the last. You don't know how hard I found it signing the order to terminate your life, Princess Leia. I'm surprised you had the courage to take the responsibility yourself. <laughs> Before your execution, I would like you to be my guest at a ceremony that will make this battle station operational. No star system will dare oppose the Emperor now. The more you tighten your grip, Tarkin, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Not after we demonstrate the power of the Death Star. In a way, you have determined the choice of the first planet to be destroyed. And it is for that reason that I've had you brought here to the observation deck. Admiral Motti, have the view screens activated. At once, sir. Since you're reluctant to provide us with the location of the rebel base, your highness, I've chosen to test the Death Star's destructive powers on that lovely blue world you see on our view screens. Your home planet of Alderaan. But Alderaan is peaceful. We have no weapons. You can't possibly You'd do that. You prefer another target? A military target? Then name the system. No. I absolutely will. Please. I grow tired no. of asking this. So for the last time, where is the rebel base? Dantooine. They're on Dantooine. There. You see, Vader, she can be reasonable. Continue with the operation, Admiral Motti. You may fire when ready. What? You're far too trusting. Dantooine is too remote to make an effective demonstration. But don't worry, we shall deal with your rebel friends soon enough. Commencing primary ignition, Governor Tarkin. No. No, you can't do this. Targeting computer locked in. No, please, no. Opponent energy No, Tarkin, please, I beg you, in the name of mercy, please. Firing sequence. No! No! Help! Oh, no! Our prime weapon is even more powerful than we'd calculated, Governor Tarkin. Indeed. Sensors indicate total destruction of the planet, Governor Tarkin. No, father. Oh, my poor, poor Alderaan. Return her to the detention level, Lord Vader. Oh, Tarkin. If ever there was a shred of humanity in you or these twisted creatures of yours, it's dead now. You're at war with life itself. You are enemies of the universe. Your empire is doomed. Take her away. You sent for me, Governor Tarkin? Yes, Vader. We should be receiving word from our scouting expedition very soon. Giving you your opportunity to, how did you put it, extinguish the rebellion? Precisely. 
In the space of a single day, I will effectively eliminate all organized resistance to the Empire. Indeed. What of the search for the plans? I am convinced that the Princess sent them down to the planet Tatooine with a pair of droids. A short time ago, a starship made a highly illegal blast off from Mos Eisley spaceport on Tatooine after her crew exchanged fire with a squad of stormtroopers. The ship got through our blockade somehow and entered hyperspace evading pursuit. The droids in question were thought to be aboard her. And our stormtroopers were outfought? Our starfleet evaded? How is this possible? Whose ship was it? That is difficult to say. She had false identification markings and a forged registration. Moreover, she was an extremely fast and elusive vessel, probably piloted by one of the smugglers who congregate in that region. So, the traitors have joined hands with criminals, and once again you failed to regain those plans. Our enemies are resourceful, but if you destroy the rebel base as you've resolved to do, the plans become a secondary concern. Is that not so? Yes. When we've wiped out the fortress on Dantooine, the matter will be virtually settled. Captain Todd, Fort Vader. Well, what is it, Motti? Our scout ships have reached Dantooine. They found the remains of a rebel base, but they estimate it's been deserted for some time. They're now conducting an extensive search of the solar systems. She lied. Leia Organa lied to us. I told you she would never consciously betray the rebellion. Then her life is forfeit. Motti, have the Princess Leia Organa terminated. Immediately. The Death Star is now a reality, capable of placing the entire galaxy within the Empire's grip. But on their way to the Alderaan system, unaware of the planet's destruction, are Luke Skywalker and his companions aboard the starship Millennium Falcon holding the galaxy's single hope for an end to imperial tyranny. Star Wars, Episode 8 by Brian Daly. Based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were David Clennon as Mati, Keen Curtis as Tarkin, Brock Peters as Darth Vader, and Anne Sachs as Leia. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vagley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. Executive producer was Richard Toskin. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Teitelman. <laughs>